Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Happy Wednesday. Thank you for tuning in to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. I am your host, Presley Davis, and with me is my producer, Kobe Jackson, and co-host, Joey Gonzalez. As always, we have a fun show for you today. Get ready to hear all about Texas State men's and women's basketball as they are in the heart of their season, San Marcos basketball dominating their district, and the NFL is almost wrapped up, which is bad news for football fans. But (laughs) before we get started, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. Texas State men's basketball is currently 10-11 and 11 overall and 3-5 and 5 in the Sun Belt. Last Saturday, they fell to the Louisiana Raging Cajuns 60-51, but the night did have some positives come out of it. Mason Harrell scored a career high of 19 points, and Coach TJ said that he doesn't think the guys had gotten over the previous game last Thursday. What have you all seen from this Bobcat team, and what do you think they need to do to power through the rest of the season? I mean, there's been a lot of—we've been talking about this Bobcat team a lot this past season of how inconsistency they are. And But, I mean, the blackout—I mean, the whiteout game that they had against Marshall, I mean, we— I mean, we expected that game to be close and we expected the Bobcats to come out victorious, but unfortunately it didn't live up to that. So I know probably, you know, Coach DJ was probably saying going into the next game, we got to be better prepared. But, you know, unfortunately they came up with another loss. So I'm really, you know, you know, trying to figure out what this Bobcat team needs to do in order to get them back up in the winning streak. But I mean, they got another uh, big time conference matchup later on uh, coming up this week Uh, again in a Georgia Southern team who is currently really, really good in district there or excuse me in conference. They are both they're 12 and nine on the year. So I bet you keep, coach DJ is probably telling his group like, guys, we need to really step it up if we're going to possibly, you know, make a Sunbelt conference run. Yeah, this is a team who got off to got out of the gates a little slow last last game when they were against Louisiana and they had the loss in that game. You could say without Mason Harrell, it made it difficult, but you got to put those excuses aside. And there's always going to be injuries in any form of any sport any sporting event that you compete in. So they got to find a way to recover. The good thing is right now, Kobe just mentioned the fact that Georgia Southern um, is one of the top teams in the Sunbelt conference, but a win for Texas state would put them from being fourth to last in the Sunbelt conference to seventh place with just one win. I mean, there's not a lot of separation between the top school and the bottom school. Marshall's currently in first at six and two and Texas state gave them a run for their money and almost took down the thundering herd. So if Texas State can find a way to get some sort of winning streak, this is a Texas State team who could find themselves in the top five at the end of the year. Yeah, and one thing I want to note out is that the the last game that they played against Louisiana, the big difference was turnovers. Texas State had a lot of turnovers, and uh, the Louisiana Raging Cages capitalized on them turnovers, going 13 out of the 10, out of the 10 turnovers that uh, Texas State gave them. So I think they need to clean up a lot of you know fundamental errors, like you know giving up turnovers, you know trying to try to get to the free throw line if you can to try to you know get some points on the board but you know this is a big time matchup for texas state if they can you know re you know uh reevaluate themselves and try to you know bring more competition to uh to the Sun Belt. yeah and i know we've mentioned before this team is a lot of new faces you know we lost some guys last year and i feel like anytime they've played louisiana it's never been an easy game it's always been a fight 
So kind of going into that game, they should have known that. But they will face Georgia Southern tomorrow night at home at 7. So, you know, like y'all were saying, we have a, they have a shot of kind of moving up a little bit, just one game at a time, and that's just part of it is you have to take that one game at a time. Game happens, you move on to the next. And so be sure to come out and support the Bobcats. And then Texas State women's basketball will also be playing tomorrow night. But they will be away. They are currently sitting fourth in the Sun Belt following Old Dominion, Georgia Southern, and Louisiana. Bobcat women's basketball will also face Old Dominion to end their road trip. So this will be the first time they face them, which is kind of something we they've been seeing across all sports with Sunbelt making some new additions to the conference. So the Bobcats are going into this game 13-6 and six overall and 5-3 and three in Sunbelt. Texas State women's sports have been having a really good year, and if they can keep it up, they could find themselves being a top-two finisher in the Sunbelt Conference. Presley just mentioned the fact that they're playing Old Dominion. Old Dominion is right behind them and currently tied in the Sunbelt Conference with a 5-3 and three record. And one thing that's really impressed me, Kobe, you could probably add on to this, is Denasia Hood hasn't been playing in a decent amount of games this year. And despite her absence, this is a Texas State team who has still been able to show up and girls like Tiana Eden and Kennedy Taylor have really stepped it up. Yeah, and you make a great point because, you know, basically it's one of those things. It's one of those situations where, you know, if your star player goes down, it's basically next person up. You know, someone else has got to step up and, you know, try to, you know, capitalize on uh, the injury. But like you like you mentioned before, Tiana Eaton, K- uh, Kennedy Taylor, um, those two were actually, you know, here with us last, uh, last year during, uh, during the Sun Belt uh, uh, last year. And, you know, I mean, what can you, one more can you say about this women's team because every they're dialed in they're you know obviously really focused on you know getting to conference play i know you know the one and done they got well actually scratch that they actually played two games in the sunbelt tournament last year and unfortunately you know got eliminated but i think they want to go a lot farther than when they did last year and if they keep playing like this and keep you know having pieces like this i strongly believe that they will have big time possibilities for the Sun Belt. And there's really no reason why this team shouldn't be able to go far. This is an experienced group. This is a group that's been playing together for a good amount of time now. But Kennedy Taylor is a facilitator. I mean, she leads the country or she's one of the top in the country in assists. So even with Denasia Hood being out, she can still find anybody on the floor and finds a way to keep them involved. Yeah, and one thing I do want to note is that you and Presley, you were talking about, uh, you know, having being in a new conference, you know, Old Dominion, you know, coming to the Sun Belt, and then obviously Marshall and, uh, you know, James Madison as well. So kind of the new, you know, fresh and blood being in, in the Sun Belt kind of been the story of really all Texas State sports athletics. And Old Dominion is making their presence known in the Sun Belt for, as far as women's basketball is concerned. Um, but, you know, it's it's cool to see. Uh, it's awesome to see new teams, you know, coming into a new conference uh, and, you know, trying to show what they're made of. I know um, we were talking about James Madison for football, you know, a couple of a few episodes ago. And now, you know, Old Dominion's trying to really bring up to their level uh, for basketball for the Sun Belt. Yeah. And so I want to get your guys thoughts on this for women's basketball in the Sun Belt. Who do you all see kind of? Really, is it Old Dominion? Is it these newer teams that you think are going to come in and just kind of take over? Or do you see Texas State kind of coming in and being able to hang with these guys and get a deep playoff run? Well, the crazy thing about these new additions is I I thought they would be like middle of the pack teams and 
they have proved to be the best teams in the Sunbelt Conference. Kobe, you just talked about JMU being first in football. Guess who's first in women's basketball right now? It's JMU. They have, they have a 7-1 and one record wow. in conference, and they're 17-3 and three overall. Then we talk about Old Dominion. They're right behind Texas State. And then, I mean, we just talked about it on the men's side of things. Um, with Marshall, I mean, these – these new teams have come in and proved why they deserve to have moved up to the to the Sumbo Conference. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and but that's funny that you mentioned James Madison, because honestly, I didn't, I didn't realize that they were number one in, in conference. That's that's crazy. But I mean, you know, the new the new blood, you know, fresh and new blood that's coming into the Sunbelt, I think is going to make a real impact, especially for Texas State, because I think Texas State will have more competition in all the sports, whether if it's, you know, football, basketball. Uh, baseball, soccer, you know, the main the main priority sports that Texas State is known for. And if they keep, you know, I honestly think that this the Sun Belt is becoming one of them top tier conferences like the Big 12, like SEC and, you know, like the Big 12, uh, Big 10. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're in for a real treat. If, you know, if we can, if the Sun Belt can honestly get to where they are now, honestly, I think they'll they'll have a really strong, strong possibilities of like ruling, college, you know, you know, college sports athletics possibly. Yeah, and so going to men's basketball, you know, they've, like we said earlier, 10 and 11 overall. And so what do you, how does it just I mean last year we were back-to-back Sunbelt Conference champion, like regular season? So it's kind of like what are y'all's thoughts on kind of this season? We losing some guys and you're just having to kind of rebuild from there. I mean, we I mean, we were talking about Caleb Asbury a lot this past, you know, last year and then obviously him transferring kind of I think I wouldn't say it's a decline for Texas State, but I think Texas State now doesn't have that one true star player on their team that they can rely on, you know, to get a bucket, to go to the free throw line and get you, you know, two free throws. It's one of them type of situations that Texas State has to had, had to deal with. And honestly, I think it's showing it with the record that they have. But honestly, it it from my standards, it is a team, it's a team game. You know, it's not all about, you know, individuals. It's about, you know, team play. And honestly, I think Texas State really needs that in order for them to actually be more persistent or uh, precise and more accurate with uh shooting the basketball and make sure they can avoid all turnovers and possibly, you know, late fouls that could happen in the game. I will say this uh last year this is a Texas State team uh, Presley just mentioned a moments ago how they're um, multiple time regular season champs and this is a team who's used to success but when it comes down to it I, I think that Texas State could beat anybody in the Sunbelt Conference right now they've proved they've proved to show that I mean they've had tight games with JMU mm-hmm. Marshall um, Louisiana I mean these are all t- these are all games that Texas State could have won and I think this comes from Mason Harrell is going to have to be the leader. He's been the guy that was a part of these teams. Nate Martin has been there also. And then the second thing I wanted to bring up was I think this is a team who's trying to kind of transition back into the to the younger guys and reestablish this team. Jordan Mason comes in from from Clark and he hey. had he had an amazing game last game. I don't know if you got to see that. My Davion, alma mater. Yeah, Davion Sykes. Uh, he went to Duncanville. And that is a multi uh, yeah. three time in a row state champion. So this is a Texas State team who is has got some young bright stars, and not to mention Caden Gums from San Marcos will be here next year. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, it's time to talk about Rattlers basketball. You're listening to KTSW 89.9, the other side of radio. Welcome back to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. I am your host, Presley Davis, and with me is my producer, Kobe Jackson, and co-host, Joey Gonzalez. 
San Marcos High School men's basketball is completely dominating their season with a 29-2 overall record and a 4-0 in district, which puts them at first in their district. Playoff spots are not a far-fetched thing for this team as the road to state is almost here. And Kobe, I know you're a San Marcos native and you've kind of seen how San Marcos athletics has evolved over the years. Yes, I have. <laughs> so what do you have to say about this team and the season that they're having? I mean, in in the two games that I've called so far this, se- this season, this Texas State Bob, I mean, excuse me, not Texas State, San Marcos Rattlers team is honestly probably one of the all-time better teams that San Marcos has had in quite a while. And, you know, as a San Marcos native, for pe- for for me, it's a true honor to see got you know people that i haven't seen in such a long time i was actually talking to you know one of my friends that uh was actually doing like the film like the hype videos for uh the san marcus rattlers and you know me and him both played in the same basketball league when we were little kids and you know just seeing each other really kind of you know we just had a bond like that and you know as a san marcus native it feels it feels amazing to finally see you know the a rattler team finally you know living up to their expectations i know you know i always mention about you know the 91 92 uh, you know, women's state championship team that was, you know, about 30, 30 plus years ago. But I mean, this, this, this men's team honestly has everything that you could ask for. I know we've been talking about Caden Gums and obviously Malik Presley, but I mean, you have to include Javen uh, Kofer in this conversation because, you know, last night against New Braunfels, he absolutely played his heart out last night. And uh, we, we, I was just so impressed because New Braunfels, really gave them a big scare, mostly in the second quarter. First quarter was all Rattlers because every shot was going down for them. And then, you know, second quarter, you know, the New Braunfels started coming back and really started to, you know, trying to, you know, get all the shots. They went to the free throw line a lot more. But then second half was just a whole, whole different story. Caden Gums, Malik Presley, both of them were absolutely sensational in the second half. And they got to the free throw, thine, uh, free throw line a lot more. And I think, you know, Coach Dan Miller has to be really happy with the result of last night's game. And obviously, you know, taking the number one spot in district currently right now. I mean, it's a really good feeling for not only for the guys, and but for the community as well. Yeah, Kobe had a lot of good points in there. Rattlers now on a 23-game winning streak, top of the district right now in District 27, 6A. And I honestly think if San Marcos can go back to New Braunfels in a couple weeks and take them down, I think that they're, uh, I think they're district champs no matter what. And you talked about Caden Gums, Malik Presley, Javen Kofer, but one name you forgot to mention was Mateus Perkins. Yes. This is a basketball team. We don't talk about their defense very often. And Mateus Perkins had three blocks last night. <laughs> I mean, he he's a lot of fun to watch. This team, yeah, as I mentioned, they're not known for their defense. But last night when I talked to Coach Dan Miller, he was pleased with the way his defense showed up. Obviously, there's still room for improvements on the defensive side of the balls. There were some mismatches where – um, the defense wasn't communicating, mm-hmm. but other than that, I, I thought their defense played really well. And I mean, this team is showing why they're top 10 in conference six a. Yeah. And then one thing I do want to know, and you mentioned about, you know, Mateus Perkins and, you know, in their blocks, uh, you know, like you said before, San Marcos hasn't had been known for defense. They're only more of an offensive scoring team. But I think, you know, going into that New Braunfels game, I bet you Dan Miller was probably saying to these guys like, hey, we're, t- you know, we could take, you know, the top spot in the district. So, you know, it's all about fundamentals. And it's all about, you know, trying to make sure, you know, you get your defender on lockdown. And honestly, they did that successfully well last night. And I honestly, like you said before, if they can, you know, keep playing like this and they'll probably like run the district like out the water. 
you talked about the community and if you were not at the game last night it was a crazy yeah, atmosphere yeah. <laughs> i mean there were very few seats that were left open and just to give you a little bit of context whenever we're at the games calling them we have a media table and usually that's about it yeah last night there was our media table to the right of our of our table where we call the games was Alamo City Hoops, which yes. is an outside source that mm-hmm. um, writes articles. And then to the left was also our staff reporting. So they had three tables. I've never seen that in a high school basketball atmosphere. And it was so fun to watch. I think this team, I think if they could go far in the playoffs, I think the city of San Marcos is going to support them all the way. Oh, 100% easily. You know, both boys and girls Rattlers took down New Braunfels last night. The boys defeated them 66-54. to and the girls, Joey, I know you talked about before the show, defeated New Braunfels 47 to 36, and that was their first district win of the season. So, I mean, the girls obviously right now they have a 12 and 16 overall record, so they're not having as strong of a season as the boys, but I mean, all it takes is that first win, and then you could just light on fire and go from there. That's exactly right. It just takes one win. Uh, Justin and I called the game against Judson on Friday night. We talked about that needed to be a crucial win. They couldn't get it, but it's the second half of district has now begun and they kick it off with a victory against New Braunfels. And now they move to the number five spot in, in district 27, six a, and there's only, there's only four teams that advance out of the district. But now that Sam Marcus is currently sitting at fifth, they're just two games behind Clemens and a chance to get in the playoffs. This is a, This is a team also who made the playoffs last year and Ezra Tobias is the youngest girl on this squad and she's she's able to pass the ball really well. I think if they could get her going, Amaya Moore was out on Friday night, so hopefully she's back. But as long as this San Marcos team can kind of start to pick things up and they can get things going. Hopefully there's a Rattler team who can make a late push and get into the playoffs. And on Friday night, we'll, we'll be calling that game. It will be myself and Justin Brown as they host the East Central Hornets at 7 p.m. right here on KTSW. Well, transitioning into some football before it's gone. And, man, I mean, that football break is so long once college ends and NFL ends. But NFL had a pretty, pretty crazy weekend. The Bills are officially out. Bengals took them down 27 to 10. Danny Dimes was not able to defeat the Eagles. No chance at all. Eagles beat the Giants 38 to 7. Cowboys once again got kicked out of the playoffs by the 49ers on a lot like wasn't a last play, but for some reason when we play the 49ers, our last play is never Would you like to talk about that last play? <laughs> I would all I will say on the last play is I don't think Zeke will be with a cowboy will be a cowboy much longer but if we want to resign him as a sinner and pay him less <laughs> than we're paying him now I mean whatever as long as we're not paying him that much money to be a running back if he wants to be a sinner you know what people change their careers all the time why can't he do it you know wow but yeah, that, oh gosh, oh gosh, but, and then the Chiefs and Jaguars, Jaguars actually put up a pretty good fight to the Chiefs, the Chiefs ended up pulling it off 27 to 20, but Trevor Lawrence and his team, I mean, this time last year, they were nothing like this, you know, mm. and so it just kind of shows that what a year difference can make, and mm. so, what were y'all's thoughts on the weekend with games? Well, for, I know... 
as a Cowboys <laughs> hater, I will give you some grief, okay? Because I know I've been kind of on your plate about Dallas these re- these past hey. recent weeks. Yeah. So I will cut you some slack. Thank you. However. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but no, I mean, like you mentioned before, Dallas, you know, back in the playoffs, they actually finally got a... I, this one thing I will say, they actually did get finally a playoff win, even though yeah. it was considered you know a wild card game. They got a playoff win, so I guess you could say that's the only little saving grace. But and their defense played exceptionally well against the 49ers. I think it's just because they've been on the field a lot, and you know the Niners just kind of really shoved it down their throat offensively. And honestly, Brock Purdy then didn't, didn't have that impressive game like we all expected. You know, he had no touchdown passes, no you know rushing. Uh, he had, I think, he had a rushing touchdown, I believe. And then, you know, he threw no interceptions. So I guess you could say that was a good game on his part. But I mean. You know, the Niners are just like how they were last year, just just slowly creeping into the playoffs. I know they made like a really big run last year with being being Dallas. Once again, I am sorry. Um, <laughs> beating Green Bay last year in the snow and then and, you know, giving the uh, the what the what was Super Bowl winning champion Rams a really good game. So, I mean, who knows? And now they got to run into the Eagles next. I mean, it's it's looking it's looking really interesting in the NFC right now. One thing I I found interesting was that game between the Bengals and the Bills. Everybody thought it would be a tight game. Turn the TV on, and I see it was snowing <laughs> in, in Orchard Park, and I thought, wow. I was like, the Bills, this is, this is what they've been talking about. This is why they want the home field advantage. And they got stomped by Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow completely controlled that game. Josh Allen couldn't get anything going. And I just feel like this game – provided that separation in the quarterback talk between Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Yeah, and you know, Josh Allen the past two games really didn't seem like his normal self, what we saw in regular season. And I know, I don't know if y'all saw Stefan Diggs, like just so mad and you just, you could just tell he was passionate about it. And y'all know that famous picture of him losing to the Chiefs and he's just standing there, uh, you know, yeah. and so poor Stefan can't seem to Get to a Super Bowl, but I mean, this Bills team all regular season were pretty dominant, mm-hmm. and then just playoffs. I don't really just something changed, and it was like, well, you know, you got to kind of step up. This is where it really matters at this point. And so, luckily, Joe Burrow gets to go on and face the Chiefs. I don't know if y'all saw him um, in his interview after the game, and he was like, "Yeah, send out those refunds because they were not the ones." <laughs> that was so cold. Favorite Ooh, to, that was so cold. To I, win. I mean, first off, the fact that the Bengals even won this game by that much is mind-boggling because, like Joey, like you said, I expected this game to be a lot closer because both of these teams were supposed to play Monday night, but obviously the whole situation with Demar Hamlin happened, so the game was canceled. So, but you know, and the game, in the scenario of all this was that. You know, the Bills, if the Bills won, then the Chiefs and the Bills would have played in Atlanta in uh, in uh, for their neutral site for the AFC Championship game. But that didn't that's not going to happen. So, I mean, but what can you say about Joe Burrow? I mean, the dude, you know, comes into Cincinnati 2020, you know, first round draft pick first, you know, first pick overall, you know, gets hurt his first year and then, you know, makes this crazy playoff run. You know, last year with the Ra- against the Raiders and then the Titans and then the the Chiefs and then you know makes it to the Super Bowl in you know and only his third you know his uh, excuse me his second year and then now coming into his third year being in the league he's 
you know, already, you know, in the AFC Championship against Mahomes, who had who he has beaten three times and has not lost to him yet. It's it's freaking crazy. I I mean, I know people are probably going to say now that you know Josh Allen kind of now doesn't fit you know the great quarterbacks like Joe Burrow and like Patrick Mahomes because honestly, they're all they all have different playing styles, and I think you know. I would probably say Joe Burrow is probably the most precise, like most you know, accurate, precise quarterback in the NFL. I would really put Mahomes as like the type of gunslinger that you would see that would make just crazy throws, and you know, hopefully, you know, it's a 50-50 ball. But I mean, if you look at you know Joe Burrow's accuracy and you know precision, uh, precision, uh, precision. There we go. I had to get that word out. Um, but I mean, this is going to be honestly the Bengals and Chiefs round four is going to be really, is really going to be interesting. I think I got the Bengals taking it. Patrick Mahomes, if y'all did not see, has a ankle injury, and it seems his mobility hasn't really improved since since Saturday. And I I just don't know, if, especially if Joe Burrow has been able to dominate Patrick Mahomes like he's done his whole early career, and Patrick Mahomes can hardly move. I think Joe Burrow is going to make the the Chiefs like just like the Bills did on Sunday. Yeah, and... I was watching the post-game show for the Chiefs, and of all people, Tony Romo was talking about the injury because, you know, <laughs> he knows a lot about injuries. And he was saying that high ankle sprain, yeah, that adrenaline, that game, you're going to power through it. But that second day, you're going to be on crutches. Yeah. You're, so it's like, it's kind of up. I've seen things that they're like, oh, Mahomes is going to play. Yes, he's fine. <laughs> but it's like, all right. you know, that's kind of a, just that's a little risky and, I don't know. I think Joe Burrow might be able to pull it off. I mean, looking at the Bills and Bengals game, he had two touchdowns in the first quarter. quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like first quarter, just went ahead and did two touch. Like Joe Burrow is just definitely one of those young quarterbacks. He has what he needs around him. Mm-hmm. Last year, his offenses did not look that solid, but you know they've come around. They've protected him, and Joe Burrow himself has come a long way. Remember when he couldn't slide? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, he's come a long way, too. So I definitely think the Bengals and Chiefs will be a good game. It was last year's matchup to get to the Super Bowl. So I'm sure the Chiefs will be looking for that revenge. But if they can pull it off, I don't know. But So now let me well, let me ask you all this question. Now, since Josh Allen, you know, has been you know, losing in the playoffs pretty much every year, pretty much every year, mm-hmm. are we starting to see maybe a trend that maybe Josh Allen could possibly be like how Tony Romo was or – how Philip Rivers was when, you know, both of them could make the playoffs, but just could not go far, like go far. Uh, I don't think so. Cause I think Josh Allen is significantly better than those two quarterbacks. Philip Rivers was not a mobile quarterback no. whatsoever. Tony Romo could say he moved, but I mean, <laughs> Tony Romo really, I, I never found him significant even in the regular season. I think Josh Allen, he's, He's got a lot of athleticism. He's a big guy. He can run the football. He can throw it. I do think that that elbow injury that hindered him earlier in the year was still with him, and hopefully during this offseason he could get that under control and he could be back to his normal self. But I still think that Josh Allen, he's he's still got a bright future there in Buffalo, and I wouldn't be surprised if this team finally gets over that AFC championship hump and eventually gets to Super Bowl, and I would not be surprised if Josh Allen eventually wins it all. Yeah, let's go over to the NFC right quick before we have to head out. Who do y'all think this Eagles and 49ers, who do y'all have winning? What do you think? Is Brock Purdy going to 
take the 49ers to a Super Bowl or Jalen Hurts is just going to shut them out? I I don't know. Uh, I feel like I don't know. that's it's close. They're, this team's it, they're both evenly matched, both offensively and defensively, if you really look at it. However, in all fairness, I think if you really well, because they're playing in Philly and Philly is known for having big crowds. We always saw that, you know, in the World Series when my Houston Nationals beat the Phillies. But that's another subject <laughs> for another day. Um, but, you know, Philly, the Philadelphia area has always had, you know, wonderful crowds, whether it's the you know Eagles, the Phillies, you know, 76ers even. So I honestly think the city of Philadelphia is really going to show out uh, again uh, to get them possibly back into the Super Bowl. But for some reason, I just have a weird, strange feeling that Brock Purdy is probably going to deliver probably the game of his life in in Philadelphia. So I'm going to take for now, I'm going to take the 49ers by possibly three points. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a tight game. I think I'm leaning more towards the Eagles, and that's just because Jalen Hurts has been in more significant games in his career. If you remember at Alabama, two national championship games and just one thing that's funny real quick is that i see people on twitter and they're like who should be able to claim jalen hurts (laughs) oklahoma or alabama and i just think it's funny because alabama fans were the same people that were like oh get jalen hurts out of here we want Tua to play and now that he's having significance in the nfl now they want to claim him i don't know i got the eagles by three Oh, as a Cowboys fan, it pains me. I mean, the two rivals are <laughs> going for it. So, you know, let's just probably Eagles by three. And yeah, I know that. Do. I know it pains you to say that. Yeah, doesn't I know. It? <laughs> I don't want to see an Eagles Super Bowl. But before we head out, Joey, do you want to give us some weather? Or Kobe has the weather for me. Kobe, what's the weather look like? So right now we have it is 49 degrees currently. It was a low of 36 this morning, early this morning, and it's going to be a high of 56. Obviously, there was a lot of rain yesterday, so it was ridiculously cold and wet yesterday, but it's going to be drying up today. And then tomorrow's forecast is going to be a high of 56 with a low of 33. So, I mean, make sure to bring your jackets and uh, stay cool, you know, stay warm. And, you know, if you have to travel, please be careful on the road and stuff because i know you know traveling in the cold it's not fun (laughs) no nothing in the cold is fun (laughs) well thank you for joining us this wednesday on bobcat radio and ktsw 89.9 i was your host presley davis and with me was my producer kobe jackson and co-host joey gonzalez catch bobcat radio on monday wednesday and fridays here at ktsw 89.9 now let's get you back to the other side of radio